3: Tuesday morning the 28th of February Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am This is Michael Reid on LMFM As we get closer to polling day interest is growing in the general election campaign Last night leaders of the seven main political parties debated the issues Later this morning we will reflect on how crime in Drogheda featured on the national agenda The newspapers this morning reflect on the debate in its entirety and each of the leaders are rated differently in each of the papers with scores on performances ranging from 1 to 10 the verdict is so different however on each of the parties and how they are rated depending on which paper you read that you'd have to conclude it was a draw Richard Boyd Barrett stood out in being applauded more than any of the other candidates but there was no real winner the parties will be happy that there was no knockout punch either and that their leader is not the one people are describing as the big loser last night so it's all to play for a campaign that will be won and lost through the success of individual candidates and local campaigns. If you're living in Counties Loud and Meath, we hope to introduce you to your local candidates and to debate the issues before you vote on the 8th of February. We'll have another roundtable debate later and we'll continue our series of getting to know you one-to-one interviews with candidates. On that note, we'll begin our programme today with Sarah Riley, who's a candidate for Finnegale in Mead West and a sitting councillor for that moment. She's with us in studio. And a very good morning to you and thank you for coming in to us. Good morning. Nathan. Tell us a, a little bit about your campaign or more to the point why you believe people should vote Finnegale and Sarah Riley number one.
4: Well, I'll start with Sarah Riley. Uh, I'm, a can- I'm a actually a councillor now for 10 years. of sound level of experience behind me. I'm competent. I'm capable. More importantly, I care. Um, and through the series of elections, I've actually fought three campaigns now in my own right. I have raised my my, my vote. Uh, I have actually topped the poll in each election I've ran in for Fianna Gale and I, I've definitely proved my my own credibility as as a candidate. And when I'm running uh, um, and the platform that that I'm running on. I'm trying to make Midwest West more family friendly I'm looking at trying to put time back in people's pockets, create a better work-life balance for people, as far as possible allow people to work local and live local um, which I know sounds fantastic um, to achieve that I'm looking at better connectivity within our county better infrastructure, which is obviously a nod to our rail line, which is thankfully under review after um, a decade, um, but also enhanced urban and rural employment opportunities. And we have a good economic development uh, strategy within this county and it's enabled us to attract the likes of Shire, Evoke and Facebook over the last couple of years. But it's about building on that now and trying to get those jobs down to Navin and North Northmeath. Um, thirdly, and a cru- crucial area for me, is the whole area around disability, and... Um, I think it's an area that this government uh, could have done a bit better on, particularly in relation to early years, early intervention, speech and language therapy, occupational therapy, physiotherapy. All the therapies basically um, definitely need more investment in, um, but also respite care and residential care. And finally, for me, um, it's about supporting our farmers. I feel they've gotten an unfair... the, The whole debate to date has been quite imbalanced, particularly in relation to the whole climate change challenge. And it's for me. We should be enabling and supporting our farmers better to um, to make the changes that might be required of them in the future, and also we're required to, to diversify if if that's what they choose to do.
3: Okay, it seems peculiar that you would be so disappointed with the government when you're standing for Finnegale.
4: Well, look, at I'm Fine Gael and I'm Fine Gael candidate but that doesn't mean that I can't be critical of my party and it can't doesn't mean that I can't be, you know, can't point to to where we have not necessarily hit the mark and in relation to disabilities I feel personally and from people talking to my own constituents that we haven't just met the mark um but look to to deliver services we need a strong economy. And thankfully, this government has managed to restore our economy with more people working than than in the history of the state. And to be able to deliver services, to to be able to deliver Mm. good services we need a strong economy
3: okay and each government has decisions to make and uh, I suppose uh, different political philosophies will result in uh, different decisions uh, and Fine Gael has uh, made its decisions but hasn't made the decisions you wanted it to make obviously in terms of uh, providing disability services
4: yes well no I, I'm i just saying we, we can do better mm. and I and I we can do better But when when, when
3: was putting a fiver back in people's pockets and people didn't even notice it, uh, would it have been money better spent on disability services?
4: Well, you're kind of looking at the, the whole pensions area. And I know actually over the course of the last couple of years, we, we managed to put, I think it was €15 Euros, um, a week, we increased our pension rate. Could that have gone back um, better into disability services? I don't know. I I can't answer that.
3: Mm. Well, I wasn't actually talking about the pension rate, which did increase, but everybody got a fiver. The pensioners got a fiver, but everybody got a fiver fiver. in their take home pay and that sort of thing. And a lot of people uh, didn't notice uh, an extra fiver in their pay packets at the end of the week. Uh, Could that have been spent differently?
4: I no I, th- I think we do need yeah. to look after our, our our more vulnerable people in our society our our obviously our pensioners our, our lone parents um all those people who did receive um an increase in 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 their um and their social services mm. um, and also our, our fuel allowance, I know it, it went up steadily over the last couple of years as well. no, I, I'm saying that we we've grown the economy, we don't need to take from x to give to y mm. there, we have grown the economy but that to a is, that is the fingeril
3: philosophy isn't it uh, that you make the rich richer and the rest follows
4: no i uh, no, no I, I I don't think that's a fair fair statement now, Michael.
3: Mm. But that's what's meant when you talk about making the economy stronger, so that uh, you give a, a boost to business, and then they employ people. People have jobs. They pay taxes that improve services. That's well, basically if, the
4: if people have depending jobs. Depending
3: on how you put it, yeah. I, I I I would see that uh, as a, an approach that makes the rich richer, uh, and the belief is that the rest follows.
4: But if people are working, they've more people. They've more exactly. money in their yeah. pockets mm. for themselves, for their own family, um, and to. They've more disposable income as well, but as a result of more people mm. working, we have more taxes. We have have, have more of, of an availability of funding to be able to put towards services as well. Mm.
3: And what about the jobs that people are, are getting? Uh, because uh, some people uh, will argue uh, that uh, people are underemployed and underpaid.
4: Well, our the, their, our living wage ha, has has rose over the mm. la- with this government. Um, we it it's actually the highest now than it, that it has ever been, and I think that that's a uh, record that this government can stand firmly over. Um, but there, the types of work that are out there, like I'm particularly in, um interested in the people in Meath. We have we the huge number of our workforce are outbound commuting every day, and we actually spend more time commuting than any other county in the no. country. And that's the message I want to bring home, Michael. I want those people to be able to work local and live local and have the types of jobs in Meath that they want to work in. We actually, are more educated um, workforce, um, our population within Meath, are leaving um, Meath every day. Um, and it's t- trying to get those knowledge-based um businesses down into Mead um, that can cater for, for those people who are seeking employment. Okay, maybe
3: you have uh, preempted my next question, which is why you want to go from local to national politics, because you're over a, a decade in local politics. I think you were first elected in 2009 and a young person that you are, you're a long experienced politician uh, but why go from local to national?
4: I, I think I, I fairly laid that out in the beginning. I, I'm 10 years there and mm. I, I have the experience behind me at this stage and I have proven my credibility. And I think at this stage, I'm, I'd be capable of being a competent voice for pe- for the people in my mm-hmm. constituency. And I want to see um, a brighter future for, for my constituents. I really do believe we live in a great county with great people. And for me, it's about going in there and mm-hmm. uh, promoting and highlighting the fantastic assets that we have. But it,
3: it, is it that limitation that's on you uh, as a local councillor that you can perhaps work... Uh, Uh, specifically locally with issues whereas uh, many of the issues uh, that the people living locally uh, are uh, bigger than that in that uh, they need jobs locally uh, they don't need that commute and that sort of thing that is part and parcel of daily life for the people that you live alongside
4: Sorry, can can you rephrase that? I mean
3: it comes to to national policy doesn't it in terms of whether you can bring jobs locally rather than something that you can do uh, as a local councillor
4: we well well there there's an element of both mm-hmm. like i said we we have had had a good economic development strategy within the county and i i think that was an important um factor in in enabling us to attract shire facebook and evoke uh, among other companies and and very importantly allowing businesses within the county to grow to start up and uh, stay within the county as well um but that support the support for our leo offices for example mm. that comes down from national government so yeah. it's a balance yeah. it's it's a bit of both
3: and when you talk about these multinationals uh, i think tax avoidance is uh, a big attraction isn't it
4: well that and we we've uh, we'll in particularly in county meath we have a young work- workforce mm. we have we actually have the 11th, 11th highest education educated workforce within the county and we have the fourth highest uh, level of people with apprenticeships within our county as well mm-hmm. so um, w- you know we we have an awful lot to offer um, and I, I think they're the kind of things that we shouldn't forget about either. Okay
3: and housing perhaps cheaper in Kells than it is in other parts of the county. You've been the chair of the housing committee for a, a couple of years uh, but uh, many people would argue that if some of these multinationals pay their corporation tax or paid what is expected of them by uh, a lot of people that uh, there wouldn't be the type of, of problems that we have in this country whether it's to do with health or housing because the government would have more money at its disposal
4: Well I think in fairness that the housing issue it, it, it's a lot more multifaceted than just the funding mm. you know when we started off in government unfortunately there, there was building, had, had the whole building sector had been decimated our, our bricklayers, our plumbers, our electricians they they left they left us mm-hmm. they left us in spades, and when we finally did get the economy back on track, when we had the funding to start building again, we didn't ha- our our whole building ability, ability had, had been uh, decimated and the people that we needed to build those houses had left mm. us as well. So we, we started off from a slow ebb, but um, last year we, like, we can point to the fact that 10,000 social houses were built and this year we, we, will be, we are planning to build 11,000, mm. which is actually the highest in the last century.
3: Yeah, but you talk about having the money to build those houses. Uh, you didn't want the money. You didn't want the money off the likes of Apple, for example.
4: But we have the money there, there now, Michael. We're looking account,
3: but we don't want it.
4: Well, we're nice. looking at building fifty thousand houses over the over the next five years. I and that's know, in our manifesto. which, which, which,
3: which is it's a little bit past the time uh, we've had a, a significant housing crisis. Uh,
4: we, we do, Michael and and, and you know, I, I know constituents in my own county. Like to be quite honest, like my 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 husband, he bought our house back in two thousand and five. He bought it with his sister, and I can remember when, when the crash came. Mm. I absolutely cursed him. I cursed him for morning to night that we had this house that he was planning on selling off as as an investment property it was was never supposed to be our mm. our, our family home but um in recent years, I, I that that that's changed. I, I was delighted he, he bought the house. We, we now we you know I've a, a, a really huge appreciation for the fact that we have a stable, secure family home. Um, now, don't tell him that because uh, I might not have mentioned that to him along the road. But um, you know, I, I look at people yeah. in in exactly the same um, life life standard and expectancy of myself, um, and and they're struggling, and it it's true, absolutely no fault of their own. Um you know and, and you know there has have been improvements along the road, the rebuilding Ireland home loan, I have to say that, that's that been um a huge advantage for people and the first time buyer scheme as well. Um but we could do more. Mm-hmm. Um I in particular I think,
3: I think so. why do you think uh Fine Gael are running three candidates at, at Mead West when at best there's one seat for the party?
4: Um well if I suppose if you look back to the time that we did secure two seats, um we did win one, three, three candidates, and that's the logic that, that I, I've been told is behind the, the three candidate strategy.
3: Okay, well, good luck with your campaign. Thank thanks you for very much. coming into us uh, this morning, and uh, we will most likely see you again before uh, polling day on the 8th of February. But thanks, as I say, for coming into us uh, thanks, today. Thanks, Michael. That's uh, Councillor uh, Sarah Riley, who's a candidate for Finnegale in Midwest. West.
0: Michael, Michael Reed on LMFM.
3: Now we'll stay with uh, the general election campaign in uh, the second of her Election Views series. Marie Kearns is in uh, the Third Age Centre in Summerhill where she's been speaking to pensioners about the issues of concern to them.
5: I think it's awful for people to have to lie on trolleys in a corridor. Thank God it hasn't happened to me yet. But, like, listening to them on the news and that about it and actually seeing the state they're in it, lying on those trolleys, you know, and people passing by, you know. I'd be horrified to be in, in that position, you know. No dignity whatsoever, no no privacy, no nothing.
6: Nolene Pearl is 82 years of age and from Summer Hill. She's always voted in elections. I do think it's important because... It it it's part of
5: where we live, you know, that we know what's going on in the country. And I'm interested in what goes
6: on in the country. People would say, oh, the pensioners in Ireland have it easy.
5: Well, I have to say we're better off than we were years ago. There was no pensions, you know, for... Uh, we're very happy to be have a pension and the, the way things is going you think you have to work to 90 before you get a pension
6: Yes there's a lot of controversy about there that is. now and, and people that have worked maybe all their lives haven't gone the dole, what do you think of that? That, that is disgraceful, I mean they have worked
5: hard all their lives and I would to say too you know really older people is the ones that put their shoulder to the Wheel when things were bad in this country, you know, and they should be recognised and they should be get wherever it is their pension and at a time when sixty five, like you know, crime you say is a big concern. Yes, it is a very big concern. That at my age, to hear these awful things happening in our little country, it, it's awful. You should we shouldn't have to live them. People are afraid of their lives.
7: Frances Eichler from Summerhill, will you be voting? I certainly will absolutely it's every right for every person it's a right for every person and how will you decide who you're going to vote for well I've made a decision long number of years ago I vote for the same party okay. at all the
6: time. and you don't have to tell me what party that is but what determines is it issues or what is it uh, I'd say
7: it's conditioning from down through the years with my family history. My late father and mother, they voted the same way. So I think I kept up the tradition and want to, their, to respect them because that's the way they did. They voted. And I repeat that. What's the
6: issues of concern to you at the moment?
7: I think there's an awful lot of antisocial behaviour in the village now at the moment. And there is, I don't know what's going on, but loud noises, cars screeching, young people shouting. You know, it's not nice. Any other issues? Yes, it's not an um, issue of my own because I don't need it because, as you can see, I may look 29, but I am actually 70. Oh, it's transport from Summerhill to Dublin, minute, etc.
6: It's the, the service is not good. Tom Holmes is originally from Summerhill. He lived in the UK for over fifty years and returned to Summerhill six years ago. What are the issues that are concerned to you, Tom? Now that you're back living in Ireland?
8: Well, not a great deal. Um, there's uh, there've been vast changes. Probably what I miss most um, in when I left Ireland, the route. Um, Dublin to Mullingar. The bus route was via Dunboyne, the Hatchet, Summerhill. That of course has been changed now. So it's via Maynooth, Kilcock, Enfield. Uh, I miss um, travelling and especially the area of the route from Dunboyne to Summerhill. There is no public service at all. Uh, That is a pity. Yes, we do have the one one five but i find that very undependable and i've been stranded a few times what i find has changed and i do regret because for a long time i used to look forward to coming back going in the pub say in trim and being able to, or to feel comfortable with um all age groups that has gone i feel and uh the social side, no, I think, well, from my point of view, it has deteriorated. But I don't have to go in pubs, just, you know, with even with family members, you go into a room and, you know, and uh, they're stuck in their mobile phones. And it's like being in a morgue. And that is something that's, uh, that is a big thing because Ireland had a reputation for being, you know, marvelous, uh, the Irish marvelous conversationalists. I uh, love the stories. Love the, but it. I never felt there was a gap. You know, they, I'm going back here. Serena
6: Murray is a carer on the third age bus. She's due to retire in June after nine years of service when she reaches the age of 66. She has concerns, though, about what the change to the retirement age means for her and her pension.
9: My concern is, when I retire, I'm not full sure if I will get the pension now with all the changes. And I don't understand why I can't be left where I am for another couple of years. Because it's a very awkward age to go out and look for a job because... You won't, It's hard to get a job at that age anyway, and then the hours might not suit.
6: And you you feel that you should be entitled to your pension if you have to retire? I should be entitled to my pension if I have to, which I
9: will have to retire on this scheme that we're on. We have to go at 66.
6: And are you making your feelings known to candidates on the doorsteps? Well, for any of those I have
9: met, I have made my feelings known, but I don't think they're, they're might be listening, but they're not hearing what I'm saying. On the ground floor.
6: Any other issues of concern
9: for you? The fact that I worked with the elderly for the last number of years, I would be concerned about conditions for them at this point in time. Now I work in Summerhill, and the footpaths are in very bad condition over there for the wheelchair accessibility. There's fuel poverty out there. When we bring those clients home to their own house, we sometimes, if we have time. We clean their fire out and we light it and we're, you know, scrape minding the little bits of fuel they have. They're scarce. They would remind you, say, look, don't put too much sticks in now. I need a few of them for tomorrow. It's the little things. It's what you're hearing when you go inside their door. Now, the bus service is very bad here, too, in Summerhill. They need a better bus service for the rural areas. And you've voted in quite a few elections, I'm sure, to date. I did vote a few elections now. I'm a little bit confused now because there's so much going on and they're all promising this and they're promising they didn't deliver the last time and who's to say whoever will be in the next time will deliver either.
6: Do you feel that the old people in Ireland are treated well overall? I think they are. They are overly.
9: They are treated well, but there are a lot of loneliness and a lot of isolation. Mm. And the home carers should get more hours when they go into the clients. I mean, a half an hour. It's not that they want you to go in and work an or iron their clothes. They just need to chat. And the best thing, of course, any of us can give anybody is time. One more thing, Maria, I would like to mention is the property tax that the people are paying. I mean, is there no concession for an old-age pensioner? They're paying property tax for a house they're living in for years and years. That I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's ridiculous. Patricia Smith
6: from Kilmaston. Are you going to be voting in this election?
9: Oh, yes, I will. I always do.
10: It's very important for people to vote. And it's only fair that they vote if they expect their, uh, what they want to see happening in their community to happen. Issues that I'd like to see dealt with would be young people. I have a sort of fear of the internet, in that there's so much, so easily accessible on it that that you know young children should should be really it shouldn't it shouldn't be so easily accessed because uh, young children, even uh, without meaning to, can come across horrible stuff that could affect them for their lives, yeah. and um, also um with the games and that kind of thing i think if if they're so easily accessible and there's no uh body there to monitor and i'm not talking about parents it's the actual games themselves or the stuff on the internet i really worry about that and i really feel i'd love if some if it could be safer
6: at this time in your life, do you think it's a good time for pensioners in Ireland? No, it's, it's not now. <laughs> it's when I think of people,
10: you know, that all, work all their lives and contribute all their lives uh, and contribute in that they pay their dues and they also wear their families and do their very best all along. And as people get older, they get a little more tired and maybe worn out and wish for a little break. And look forward to retirement and then to find that a year seems a long time. Two years is really an awful lot. And now I hear there's even longer down the line and it's it's very unfair to people. And the whole way that um, we say, you know, I heard a man on the other day and he's you know worked for 50 years and um, he really thought, you know, he was really looking forward to it. Now he finds he has another year to do. Other people who have worked all their lives found that their pensions weren't paid in full because of the way they calculated them. So there's a lot of unfairness. And it's very very unfair for people who have worked hard and kind of deserve to reap their just rewards that they've contributed to.
3: Very interesting views. The views of uh, pensioners speaking uh, to Marie Kearns at uh, third age in Summerhill.
0: Michael Michael Reed on on LMFM.
3: Now to another of our Getting to Know You one-to-one interviews with general election candidates. Seamus McDonough is a candidate for the Workers' Party in Meath West. He's with us in studio this morning and a very good morning to you and thanks for coming in to us uh, once again, Seamus. Thank you, Michael. And Tell nice us uh, good morning to everybody. A, a, a little bit about Seamus McDonough and uh, why you're asking people for their number one.
11: Well, I'm from Wilkins Town in County meath so I was born raised in North Meath and at present moment I'm living in Kells and I've seen like uh, how North Meath has lost out over the years and I'm trying to try to explain that to people that we need people that are energetic and white or not me. we're still designated mm. disadvantaged area we uh, the there are many issues arising obviously the greatest issue for everyone is housing as you know yourself that is the, the massive issue I mean the two major parties are not going to answer that problem because the only one way to tackle the problem with housing and that is public housing and they uh, public housing built on public land and they're not going to do that that would interfere with the markets and the profits of the speculators and the builders and that like you know so they're not so they're in that area so we need a new and a fresh uh, approach towards that the other area obviously is climate change is another massive area but uh, like I'm talking about local in mm-hmm. council and on the doors people are telling me about the two tolls on the way into Dublin like you know they're very annoyed about like somebody was saying to me yesterday, on, the, on the door yesterday on the host, early in the day that it's like 5% of their wages are gone on mm. the toll, like you know, mm. and that, like, it's a big take out of a person's wages. Like, and then if they have to go across the south side through the M50, like, it's a yeah. lot more, like, you know. or, or so take, the take the longer route, and take
3: the longer route, and people pay in petrol or diesel. I it's an issue is that's annoying, thing, yeah. <laughs> it's annoying
11: yeah. people in cows, anyhow, Like, yeah, yeah. But part, also, apart like, from having to make the journey yes. itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. also, like, you have the situation, like, you know, if mm. we want to bring industry into the place, we want to bring things into cows, mm. like, you know, bring jobs into it, like, you know, it makes no sense, like, it'd make it cost you to bring them in, like, I've
3: been asked you to introduce yourself to our listeners Uh, I think uh, for every election that there has been uh, whether it's a local election or a general election for the last 20 years how long have you been involved in politics? I've
11: been involved in politics since the early 60s like you know first joined Sinn Féin in 1962 Mm -hmm. I first met Sean Garland in 1962 so Mm -hmm. I've been involved since I was basically 14 or 15 years of age I, I keep battling on people ask the question mm. why do I stand and I understand that mm. I understand because I'm the, only, I'm the only socialist that stands in County Mead mm. I'm also the only one that's given an alternative I, I believe in the in the Republic that James Connolly and Liam Mellows and that one. Liam Mellows and a TD yeah. here in Mead like in 1990 or an MP I should say in 1990 and like you know and I believe in that I believe we mm. had to build a, a, a Republic that has to stand on its own two feet but, not hanging on to the short tails of uh, multinationals and, you
3: know. but, but, but you don't take the hint, do you <laughs> I mean many times have people said well, no.
11: Well people keep saying no but I, I, yeah. I mean I, people said that to me and I just say mm. like again I'm not comparing myself with James Connolly but James Connolly mm. never got the amount of votes that I got and he never stopped standing like because and today the effect he has like mm. because of socialism because of the Socialist Republic he dreamt of mm. and I, I'm on the basis of that that's why I keep standing I try to keep it alive and I'm hoping that someday some younger person will kind of mm. obviously and take over and, and continue that.
3: You must spend a, a lot of money though on campaigns on, well, on, on failed campaigns. Unfailed, uh, yeah, we, yeah. Well,
11: I don't spend a lot of money because I don't mm. have a lot of money to spend. I mm. usually, it's friends and that they give me and family and they give right, me money and okay, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Elections, I, I, I the poster I have obviously from the local elections mm. and the ones I'm going to do, I couldn't afford new posters and that, so I'm mm. not buying any new ones. So it's basically leaflets and a bit of advertising and that that's basically mm-hmm. what my uh, money is. So mm. I'd be spending mm-hmm. about, uh, say, a maximum of about 1200 euros on the elections.
3: Mm. Okay, well I, I suppose as a socialist as you put it uh, as a, a representative of the Workers' Party uh, you uh, stand for the issues that you've mentioned to us yeah. and people will identify with a lot of them and people would like the idea of uh, reducing uh, the commute or the cost of the tolls yeah. or whatever the case may be but you stand for some other issues as well I mean you'd nationalise the banks wouldn't you?
11: We'd nationalise the banks and definitely yeah. like mm-hmm. in insurance I have to look at insurance and the cost of insurance like you know when you have the run a crash or whatever mm-hmm. a business or run here a small business is mean. I mm. mean, there's no need whatsoever for them to be privatised the You elect a government to service the needs of the people. And mm. insurance is a massive issue. I have loads of people. I have mean, a mm. sister uh, who runs a uh, Montessori in, but in but in I Lava think the like fear that, that people
3: era. have is that you would destroy any prosperity that we've enjoyed in this country and you just turn us into a, a third age country, uh, uh, something like Albania or something like
11: well, that. Well, no. I mean, like we have to look at Norway. Norway's mm. had a socialist government. We have to look at Denmark. Look at Finland at the present moment, trying the best country mm. in Europe. But they haven't
3: nationalised the banks. No, but they have
11: nationalised many industries mm. like and always many nationalised industries mm. like I'm not saying we nationalise we not nationalise all
3: the banks mm.
11: but we will as a national bank that would provide the needs of the mm. people the people could borrow who would do with.
3: business in a country uh, if they weren't sure that their business wouldn't be taken off them by the government.
11: Well, the, the government is not going to... We're not going to nationalise everything we take mm. over, like, you know... But how do we uh, know that? I mean, really, if you're saying
3: you'll nationalise one business, how do we know...
11: Well, the financial institutions, mm. like, if yeah. yeah, we just crash the economy by nationalising everything. I'm not going to crash the economy. People mm. have to live and but people that's have the to change their in I know people mm. have that fear, mm. but it's unrealistic fear it's created by the capitalist system. I mean, look at it this week when you're we looking at Silicon Valley, uh, Valley in America. Mm. We have billionaires saying we have to pay more taxes, we have to have a wealth tax because mm. of like, if we want mm. to carry on, like capitalism cannot keep portion profit yeah. profit and growth all mm. the time. We're destroying the country, we're destroying the, the you mm. know, the the whole green situation. Like you know, the surprise mm. now, you know, just destroying yeah. earth, the earth, mm. and people who can. When you read, I read this week about three different. Billionaires, not billionaires, mm. billionaires saying yes, we have to pay more tax because we need to pay more tax. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll destroy, we'll destroy mm. not our just the economy, we'll destroy our whole world. Like, in, you
3: know, in midwest, you'd be running uh, against me Sir, uh, me me thee, sir me so. Yeah. Sorry, I beg your pardon. You'd be uh, running uh, against parties who uh, would say that they want that corporation tax uh, that or that they don't want that corporation tax, like the app, the Apple money. Whereas you say yeah. you, you you don't just want it, but you should take more. To, uh, and the argument is that the result of that. Is that the jobs would go with those companies? Yeah.
11: Well, I don't accept that because, like, if you look at any of the multinational companies that come to Ireland because of the skills we have, because of the education we have, and they come here in this country because it's not just like for tax evasion, like some mm. of them do, obviously, like, but it's not all about tax evasion. And if people don't want to pay taxes, they're not an asset to a country, like, we have to take funding from it. It's International Service Centre in Dublin, possibly 1,200 companies registered in the one, mm. in the one area there, like, you know, and these people are not contributing much, they're not creating many jobs. But we, do, we do need our own indigenous industries as well, I mean, to create any kind of a republic, to create a, a country where people can, can live with pride and dignity then we need to create our own jobs, we have no industry, all our self-industries are dying like you
3: mm. know. But what about all these great multinationals uh, that we heard about earlier that are moving into Meath, they create a, a, a lot of jobs and with those jobs come people earning good wages uh, and paying a lot in income tax so I, I mean the tax may be indirect in yeah. terms of uh, the corporate contribution but the taxes are being collected well, we welcome any well paid jobs, any jobs that are and above all
11: unionised jobs that are under proper conditions for people of employment. But the reality like Michael at the present moment in time is seventy percent of our people can't even afford to buy our house, we are never going mm. to get on the housing leather and we're doing nothing to do do that. And the more industry you bring in the more pressure is going to come on house and so like we have to see, we have to realise that people have to live, they have to have a place to live and they have to be able to go to work. You can't be sleeping on the street and going to work like you know, you need that. Uh, we need proper rented properties like that. Mm. And so like, the multinational companies like they will come here and um, to create jobs but they must create jobs that are worthwhile and create jobs that are a benefit to the community
3: mm. and you talked about the tolls and that that was an issue that people were raising with you, uh, how would you reduce the tolls uh, because uh, there's contracts in place, uh, would you buy out those contracts? We'd, we'd I'd separately buy out the
11: contracts but mm. I was looking so how at much would that cost? I don't know about the mm. cost but I know that it costs quite a bit of money but I know that
3: So tolls, somebody else would be paying the tolls no, for the people who go no, through those no,
11: roads? What you call it? Um, Portugal, have the same company built their toll They have renegotiated re- re- the terms and conditions of them. We have to sit down mm. and renegotiate that, and not saying that we walk away from our commitments like anything. But certainly we could take off one toll for a start, off the one at Kells, like. And there's only more the way into Dublin with two mm. tolls. There's only one. you Look at any of the N4 or any of the rest of them. Mm. Like the N2, there's none. Like so that's weird, the rest, we have only one with two tolls in that short distance. Like you know, so it makes no sense. And like making it more the idea of the toll uh, it makes sense to
3: the people who paid uh, to build the roads but it makes no
11: sense to the public because people wanted that. the idea of the motorway was to make it more convenient Mm. for people to get to and from work and to take traffic out of the town of Cal's you know through the town. but it's not with the price of that it's not actually working like you know so we have Mm -hmm. to look at that
3: okay Uh, and what about housing you've uh, quite often looked at uh, the number of empty premises that there are in Kells, uh, How can they be turned around?
11: Well, like, I mean, you know, already in Lod- they have had in round docks on compulsory purchase orders. We have mm. none of them in County Weed. none whatsoever. But also, like, we have to introduce a, a derelict size that an empty house tax that can be collectible. We have one there, but it's so difficult to collect it. Like, it's nearly not worthwhile. Like, you know, so we have to make it that, that, mm. that uh, thing. Like in Vancouver and Canada, for instance, they have 10000 Canadian dollars a year on uh, empty house tax. Like, you mm. know, we have nothing of yeah, that. Yeah, but some of these houses would be better, knocked down, wouldn't they? Some of them would be definitely net abandoned. You could rebuild, like, mm. you know, in the areas. Yep. But uh, you take a modern street or around... Uh Oh, Carrie Street and kells mm-hmm. The amount of space that's taken up there by empty houses and empty buildings and everything else. Like and people like it makes sense to have people living in them, your feet on the street, there's more money spent in the town, the business small business are doing well. Everyone is doing this, hostel mm-hmm. all those places are doing well out of small business. And we have to like create that situation, like you know what people are living. I mean, more and more people mm-hmm. are going it's not going, the population of kells is not going to get less, it's going to increase, like, you know, so we need accommodation, we need housing for those
3: people. Okay. Well look, thank you indeed for okay. coming into us uh, this morning. And uh, best luck with the campaign. Okay, thank you very much much indeed. Uh, Seamus McDonough, who's a candidate uh, for the Workers' Party in Meath East. Now, as you know, the leaders uh, took part in, seven of the leaders uh, took part in a a televised uh, debate. On RTE last night and I think what was very clear is uh, that the rally that was organised in Drogheda on Saturday gone by as a result of the ongoing violence and uh, problems related to the drugs gangs who are feuding was very much to the fore of the minds of each of the leaders. And we'll hear some of the contributions that were made last night.
7: All of us were in Drogheda the other day. And the message from the community couldn't be missed. They they told us very directly that those cuts and cuts to community supports, particularly for young people, cuts to the drugs and alcohol task forces, had left those communities wide open to the kind of thuggery that we have seen.
2: And I was in draw last week as well. And the the anxiety was palpable there. And it's very important that we meet fire with fire on this one. As well as, by the way, restoring supports for a community drug task force in for communities that Brandon, are most there, affected by um, all of this, which were cut terribly uh, okay. in the past.
11: In communities, and I was twice in Drahada in the last 10 days, but Drada is no different to any other community. They want visible guards in their community that they know. Because I spoke to people in Drogheda who are afraid because of the retribution that these gang thugs would bring upon them to, to give information that they have. We need to reconnect on Garda Shekhana with communities. It's working where there is community guards. Uh, People can have trust with them. Community guards understand and hear the intelligence. That's the way we deal with it. But we do need robust law
1: as well. One other point, Claire, that's terribly important, and it was a big point emphasised I saw in Drogheda, and it's certainly the case in many parts of Dublin where these are real problems, is that the cuts to drugs task force,
2: the cuts to community development projects, uh, to community and youth outreach workers have been a disaster. Uh, in terms okay. of Absolutely. Uh, failing. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, failing to, I've got to, come to you offer all to young people. All right. Fine Gael took a policy decision after 2011 to undermine the community partnerships, the leader project, and integrate them into local authorities, because the politicians in Fine Gael didn't like these community leaders announcing the grants uh, and doing the organisation locally. It was a terrible decision. The rapid programme was good, the drug task forces, Pat Rabbit set it up, be straight, Mm-hmm. And seven min- former ministers of state involved with the drug task force areas came together mm-hmm. last year to urge the government to change policy and resource the communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that was uh, and that and wasn't and about and money. And the policy was actually
3: driving that because okay. they want to okay. get okay. the grants from, back okay. into the okay. centre
2: to announce the government. grants. I have to move on. I'll tell you something else that happened. This topic. Will you just be really quick
12: here? Very,
11: very briefly. We set up the North East Inner City Task Force. It's worked really well in the North East Inner City, giving people opportunities in a very disadvantaged area. We did that. It is
1: working. And now I'd like to extend but, that okay, to other yes, parts of the country, yes, okay. like Drogheda. You, you've already refused.
3: Well. That's just some of uh, the occasions uh, that the problems in uh, Drogheda were mentioned by the leaders in uh, the RTE debate. Contributions there from Mary Lou MacDonald, Meehal Martin, Brendan Howland, Richard Boyd, Barrett, and Lee of Redcourt.
0: Michael,
11: Michael Reed, Reed on, on
3: LMFM. LMFM. Now let's find out what you've been saying to us. Mary Kearns uh, joins us with some of the calls and text messages that have been coming to us this morning. Good morning to you, Mary.
6: Good morning, Michael. And good morning to everybody listening in. Tom is one of those listeners. He was listening into the interview with Sarah Riley at the top of the show. And he says, very interesting, the reasoning behind Finnegea's decision to run three candidates in Meath West, which you touched on, Michael. Mm-hmm. And wonders... Could it come back to haunt them? That could the vote be split, and then maybe none of them would get elected at all.
3: <laughs> mm, yeah, I guess it's always a possibility, and uh, they're the kind of calculations that all of the political parties look at. Uh,
6: another listener says, "Richard from Tala, listening in, and, and feels that Finnegale ignore, ignored the pensioners in the budget, and uh, that you don't do that without getting something." back in return and usually that's mm. not very nice what you get back in return okay. he feels that pensioners will punish them and he also feels that the increases in carbon tax and property tax etc is not very welcomed either mm. Gerger in Kells was listening to um, the Vox Pop I did with the pensioners and says that hearing them talk about the buses, you know me, I'm in touch all the time about the bus service because I travel so much and there needs to be better services all over the county and particularly in rural areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tim from Kells, uh, the pension age is obviously a huge issue in this election campaign. I hope, Michael, that you raise it with all the candidates that you have coming Mm. in. People don't want to have have to be collecting social welfare for a few years before getting their pensions, not when they've worked all of their lives. And Tim wants to say that he heard you mention when I read a similar comment, mm. oh, sure, can they not just go and get a job yeah. in the meantime mm, yeah. and say that it's not that easy to uh,
3: do. It's just laziness, I think. Just laziness. I mean, I don't see why you can't work till you're 85.
6: Uh, Rosemary says that pensioner is right it's old people who worked hard all their lives who contributed to this country for so long and I feel that they deserve to have a happy retirement and not be worried about pensions Mm. and not knowing, because if you're working now, you don't know when you might be able to retire in the future. It
3: it seems to me that the vast majority of people feel that way, and they feel that if you want to work until you're older, well, you should be entitled to do that, and if you want to retire at 65, 66, you should be able to do that uh, without uh, these uh, new uh, changes uh, which will see the rise in the pension age uh, to 66, 67 and so on. Uh, But uh, it's the one that caught the politicians out, and Mm. I, I think to a large degree, it shows Said so that all of the political parties were out of touch with people.
6: Joe thinks it's a bloody disgrace the way they didn't let Paddy Tobin on the television debate last night. Now he says he is a supporter of Paddy, but he also believes in fair play. And he feels that it wasn't fair and that he should have been allowed. Another
3: listener. Okay, well, RTE uh, believes the opposite and believes it is fair. They put uh, a criteria for selecting the leaders in place and that was uh, agreed by a steering committee of RTE. So they went through a certain procedure in terms of selecting the leaders and they're standing over that.
6: Anne phoned in and says, Michael, were you watching last night? I definitely thought it was better than just having two leaders on. At least you got a flavour of what all the parties were mm-hmm. about. I don't know who stood out for me because I kept switching every time somebody mm. spoke, says Anne. Um. So there you go. No clear leader or winner, if you like. Yeah, well, I think
3: we heard some different ideas and I think that was what was different between the two debates, uh, that uh, there was a, a lot of like minded thinking between the two leaders when Michael Martin and Leo Radford debated. There was very little difference between them uh, and there was a a lot of difference uh, when we brought in uh, five o- other opinions into the discussion last night.
6: Mairead says that it just makes her laugh, the promises that are being made by some of the parties. Mairead has a
3: funny sense of humour, <laughs> tell you? Yeah.
6: Because you just don't know whether it's going to happen. Mm. And she mentions that her children were very excited when they heard the possibility that one party was proposing no homework.
3: All right. Well, as we've been hearing, uh, the trial begins today of Aaron Brady for uh, the murder of uh, Detective uh, Garda Adrian Donoghue yesterday. The jury, a jury of 15 people was sworn in and Owen Reynolds, court reporter, was in the Central Criminal Court.
13: We're going to hear the uh, the opening today um, from Brendan Gretchen who will set out what the prosecution say are the facts of the case but what happened yesterday in court was that a 15 jury, um, a 15 member jury was sworn by Justice Michael White at the Central Criminal Court and that 15 those 15 people will hear the evidence over the next uh, estimated 16 weeks. uh, Justice White said he expects the trial to finish on or around May 28th. So Obviously, juries tend to be 12-person uh, 12, 12 juries, mm. so the reason for that is because it's such a lengthy trial, they're concerned that some jurors will have to drop out for one reason or another, and so they hope that by... Having 15 at the start, they will have at least 12 at the end.
3: So just 12 will come to a, a judgment in this case, uh, but uh, three will drop out either before the 28th of May or if there's 15 in place at that time, uh, well then just 12 will be selected.
13: Yeah, there'll be an open ballot at that point. In fact, even if it gets to that point, the judge said, and you know, there's one or two jurors who say they don't actually want to sit, The judge said, well, he won't have any discretion at that point. There will have to be an open ballot. If we get to the end of the trial with more than 12 jurors, so it could, it could end up being that some some one or two or three jurors are, are quite disappointed that they don't get to take part in the actual deliberations having heard, you know, 16 weeks of evidence that is a possibility.
3: After giving so much time to it, obviously. And uh, there will be breaks in between. There'll be a two-week break over Easter.
13: Yeah, a two-week break over Easter is the normal break that the courts take. They also they tend to take the bank holidays and things like that public holidays. So St. Patrick's Day, the court will not sit. And then during the trial this is a very normal procedure during all trials. There's likely to be legal argument and that takes place just between the barristers for the prosecution and the defence and the judge in the absence of the jury. So the jury might be sent away sometimes for hours at a time sometimes even for days at a time um, while those legal matters are are dealt with in their absence. So there will be frequent, there are likely to be frequent breaks for the jury over that 16 to 18 weeks.
3: Tell us uh, about the accused, Aaron Brady. He's 28 years of age. Obviously he'd have been 21 at uh, the time of uh, the killing of of Adrian Donohue. What else do we know about this man?
13: Well, I mean, as of yesterday, he replied not guilty to the two charges that were put to him. So the first charge is that he um, that he is that he committed the capital murder of Detective Garda Adrian Donohu on January twenty fifth, twenty thirteen, at Lordship Credit Union, that's it in Ballurgan, County Louth. Uh, He also replied not guilty to a charge of robbing approximately €7,000 in cash and assorted cheques from Mr. Pat Bellew on the same date and at the same location. Um, He is from the South Armagh area. And um, I think we'll probably get to know a lot more about Aaron Brady over the course of the trial. Um, At the moment, uh, Mm. you know, we're just dealing really with the... um, with his plea and uh,
3: And he has pleaded not guilty on both counts Uh, the trial begins uh, today it was just a case of swearing in uh, the jury yesterday I understand that took nearly two hours uh, and uh, the 15 panel 15 people who make up uh, this panel consists of 6 men and 9 women now obviously they're going to spend a, a lot of time uh, in court but also out of court and there was a warning to them or a caution to them if you like from the judge in this case uh, and uh, he suggested uh, that they consider what they're doing on social media and uh, Justice Michael White also advised against uh, certain Google searches and uh, the way they might yeah, use the internet.
13: Yeah it's a, it's a standard warning that's given to all judges juries now at the start of trials because there have been issues in the past with jurors looking things up on social media, doing Google searches, etc., trying to find out something about the accused person or the deceased or whatever it is, trying to trying to look behind or beyond the evidence that they're hearing in court. And obviously that is absolutely forbidden when you're a jury in a trial, in any trial. So uh, obviously with the publicity that would have surrounded this trial at the or this um uh, the, the death of Garda Adrian Donahue, Donahue at the time, there would be a lot of information out there on the Internet. Uh, newspapers, radio, etc. have all reported on this extensively over the past seven years. So uh, the jurors have been, they were told also that if they are aware of a lot of media coverage and that that media coverage maybe, if it, if it might affect their impartiality, the judge did ask uh, any any potential juror to make him aware of that um we don't really know exactly what the jur- the potential jurors who uh who were excused we don't know what they actually said to the judge because they tend to go very close to the bar and they speak to him in whispers and so the rest of the court doesn't actually hear what it said but more than 40 people were excused by the judge for one reason or another it could have been because they had prior commitments that you know, prevented them from being able to commit to 16 weeks, or it could have been that they knew people involved, et cetera, that they're from, from the area. The judge did say he didn't want anyone sitting on the jury who's from the, the general area, kind of, uh North Loud, South Armagh, eh, uh, Newry kind of area, anywhere in the Carlingford area. He said he didn't want people sitting. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, the, the, um, there's going to be, um, let me see, he also warned them that social media was absolutely out of out of the question Dure, for the duration of the trial
3: the trial of Aaron Brady for the murder of detective Garda Adrian Donahue gets underway in uh, the central criminal court own Reynolds court reporter there telling us a little bit about the proceedings yesterday. Now let's go back to the phones you've uh, some more comments there. I
6: have you? indeed Michael. An email from Jared from Cullen just in relation to the Stand Together rally in Drogheda on Saturday. It says, Michael I was proud to stand in solidarity with the people of Drogheda on Saturday last. These criminals must be faced down. The talking phase is over. It's time for action and for law and order to impose itself. You heard for yourself firsthand on Saturday from the voluntary organisation Organisations who are out there doing a great job trying to help those who are addicted, who are affected in any way by the scourge of the drug culture that prevails in Ireland today. There is an attempt being made currently to make it almost impossible for voluntary community organisations to function with underfunding rules and regulations, codes of governance and of course GDPR. If the government and its agencies paid less attention to data protection and more attention to people protection, the country would be in a far better place. All aspects of the drug industry must be tackled head-on. We all have a responsibility in this regard.
3: So what did it achieve? Well, I think we heard it in the debate last night and we heard some of the extracts uh, before uh, the headlines uh, this morning how all of the leaders were quoting back uh, what the frontline services were saying in Drogheda on Saturday.
6: Definitely, Michael. So the, their message was heard. Mm, absolutely so hopefully it'll be acted upon by the new government. Okay, all right. Thank you indeed
3: uh, for that, Marie, and thanks to everybody who has been in touch. If you'd like to add to what's been said, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 1850 715
4: 958. Michael Michael Reed on LMFM.
3: Uh, we'll welcome uh, four candidates uh, who are standing in uh, the Louth Mead East constituency to the studio with us uh, this morning. There's five seats in this constituency, and uh, I think each of the candidates who are with us are seen as contenders for one of uh, those seats. Uh, Peter Fitzpatrick, an in independent TD, Declan Brannick, a Fall TD, Rory O'Murku, who's a Sinn Féin councillor, and Mark Deary is uh, the Green Party candidate. He's a former councillor and former senator, and you're all very welcome to the programme uh, this morning. morning. Uh, can we begin uh, with uh, the Sinn Féin pledge? Uh, the suggestion, Murray Murakou, is uh, that you're taking direction from old provost uh, and uh, the Irish time prints uh, the pledge uh, this morning. Perhaps you could confirm that you did pledge in all matters pertaining to the duties and functions of an elected representative that you would be guided by and hold yourself amenable to all directions and the instructions issued to you by on Ord Corla of Sinn Féin.
14: Yeah, like all political parties, we have a hierarchy, we have an organisation. I don't see anything amazing about that you s- you sign up, first of all, that you will... Reti- um, there's two things. First of all, that you need... An organisation is going to have a hierarchy. It's going to have a set of instructions. Mm. It's going to have a set of rules. Our policies are decided by membership at an ARDESH. So I see no difficulty in which you would sign up to follow by those rules. I, 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 t-
3: like I think the question is uh, why Martin Muller would have taken direction from Ted Hell or Paul Rick Wilson or Martin Lynch? Well, look,
14: everybody has advisors and what have you. And you have an organizational, um, as I say, hierarchy combined with policy advisors so I don't see any difficulty why somebody would run particular issues by a number of people within the organization I would see absolutely nothing wrong in that now from my time and I've operated as an organizer mm. I've operated in Leinster House and um, I never, I've seen nothing but the primus, primacy of elected reps. The amount of times I had to go down and do specific meetings with elected reps mm. to try and make sure that they were happy. And I'm talking this has nothing cons-
3: to do with uh, the old days and when Sinn Féin was the political wing of uh, the IRA and uh, that it was uh, the Provisionals Army Council that gave direction to the political party. Yeah, we're a political party.
14: We have a common goal and purpose. How you maintain that is that you have an element of cohesion. So we obviously sign up to this that we will do and um, that we will all come together, we will make decisions. Is it particularly moder- at RSP, I-, mo- I don't see any it- difference. Is it modern day IRA politics? What this is is Sinn Fein politics. What this is is we have an art corla, which is the um, which is the people that run um, Sinn Fein. Um, and Anybody can get elected by the Sinn Féin member to this. Is a, this huge, a huge amount of the Arcola Corla are elected reps. Is it evolution? I, I'm going to say it. Is it evolution? F- Fianna Fáil like, and a lot of other parties have an Art Corla. I think uh, I heard Mary Lou say mm. this morning that in the SIPO returns in 2017, they called it like the supreme body of control within uh, Fianna Fáil. Mm. I don't see anything majorly
3: wrong with this. All right, well, Braddock, we, uh, Your leader last yeah. night said uh, they're taking direction from old provost
15: Well I don't engage political slagging here because we have to debate policies and issues around the election but I want to categorically state that the Ard Corps of Fianna Fáil is an elected representative body uh, that does voice its concern does voice issues around policy but certainly are not controlled are, and are not necessarily the huge influence that the Front bench and indeed uh, the, the parliamentary party who really decide on the major policy issues. I have to say, I have a major concern. I've always had a concern in relation uh, to the diktat in the operation of Sinn Féin, but who am I to comment other than to be of the same belief that has been expressed uh, by senior yeah. journalists in relation to how Sinn Féin does its business and what I witness
3: in Dal Éireann. Does it matter, Peter Fitzpatrick? I mean, the war is over uh, and uh, the peace was delivered by Sinn Féin uh, and, of course, others.
0: Michael, I think it's very important, Michael, that we move forward. Uh, for the last 10 years, this economy was, was really, really stretched out. Mm. And I think what happened in the past happens in the past. I think the most important thing is solutions. Uh, the economy is back but up. We're talking
3: about the present uh, and the current controversy is this pledge that Sinn Féin... Uh, candidates are, are taking is that an issue in your mind
0: uh, Mike, Mike I think everybody all along knows that uh, that the hierarchy is running the Sinn Féin organisation and Michael at, I, I don't want to spend this morning talking mm. about the situation Michael is uh, we've got a lot of serious talking to do this morning you've got four candidates in here at the moment that's, that's fighting hard to get mm. a seat to represent the people of London East Mead I would appreciate Michael, Mike, if you can move forward and talk about the, 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 the hard details that the people want to hear from okay. the
3: council. Mm-hmm. All I right. would we'll ask Mark Derry, though, to make comments. Yeah, well, no.
1: um, you're asking somebody for a party who yeah. only managed to agree that it should have a leader um, maybe t- uh, 15 years ago. You know, we were, yeah. we're a very lateral organisation in that regard. But my sense as a councillor of 15 years' experience was that um, Sinn Féin councillors were highly organised around votes and um, often <clears throat> the vote was was always unanimous um, mm-hmm. and was always, you know, there was a, a major political strategy behind it and the sense I had as a councillor mm-hmm. now was that that was very organised. Um, they may have been self-organising. I, I, I've never been in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But certainly the impression you get is of a highly organised, pragmatic uh, voting block uh, on council.
3: Okay. Well, you're all Dundalk-based. Uh, you're all in Drogheda on Saturday uh, and uh, you're all... Uh, Standing beside each other in solidarity with the people of uh, the town Uh, and uh, I think as uh, we discussed uh, on uh, the radio with uh, the people of uh, the county because the problems that are being experienced in Drogheda are being experienced in Dundalk as well. And we had some conversation on uh, the programme on Friday about Community CCTV uh, and how the council has all of a sudden decided uh, to... uh, take control and to get cameras up and running and money more. And uh, I asked the county manager if, or the chief executive, as she's now called, uh, if that was as a result of it being raised in the doll by yourself, Declan Brannock, and how the Taoiseach responded to you. Uh, And there was this issue uh, about data protection. What do you think is at the root of all of that?
15: Um, I just want to confirm to you, Michael, that obviously I've raised this, Unceasingly in the dawn, not just with Leo Radcliffe, but indeed with Charlie Flanagan, the minister responsibility for it. The key issue here is that there was a four million pounds pot for community CCTV schemes. Stress the word community. Mm. One of the rules of that was that it had to be administered uh, and data controlled by the local authority. I have always argued, and nobody would listen, mm. that there should be the opportunity for joint data control by Angarda Shiaqana and the council that eventually despite all the uh, protestations by Charlie Flanagan and others in the Dáil was confirmed to me by a letter from the data commissioner mm. saying that there was no reason why joint data control could not happen and that is what has mm. unleashed the opportunity that was at stalemate in relation to money more. I dealt with the residents for many months on this issue and and the community groups there. Thanks be to God, something is going to happen. We all have to accept that it is not, it's a deterrent Mm. to crime. Mm. It's not the solution. And
3: and some people didn't want these cameras uh, for civil rights reasons, uh, but it it seems uh, that the council didn't want them because of GDPR.
15: Yes, and in fairness to the council, their mm. ability to administer that is next to impossible. Mm. I've instant the example: if a child is abducted on the mm. street in Dundalk, where we have mm. cameras, it's mm. no good at uh, on a Saturday. evening if something like that happened, that somebody's going to be able to look at cameras on a, mm. on a Monday. Yeah. It's immediate action that's required, and you know modern technology should allow. With the resources provided to the Garda mm. Shikana, because the Garda Shaqana will tell you, if you speak to Christy Mangan, he will tell you that they have not got the finance to even further administer the, the Garda scheme mm. and not have not yep. provided for money. I'll conclude on this and say mm-hmm. that Charlie Flanagan gave me a commitment three days before the doll recess at Christmas that he was going to sort this out for once and for all mm. before Christmas. The 3 million to 4 million. Mm -hmm. I think 22 schemes is what has been right across this country. There are a myriad of them required, not just in Drogheda, Mm. but right across this county. And while I'm not on the local authority... The, the way and has been paved for the Garda corner in this region and the council to work collaboratively and that has been a
3: problem. And I think we've got to a stage uh, where everybody would uh, agree that anything that can be done to help reduce uh, the problem must be done because the problem has gone so bad. It's gone so bad that shots were fired in Moneymore a couple of weeks ago and were barely reported on. Uh, and... A little bit like what happened in Dundalk last weekend. Because of other events uh, overshadowing it, uh, very little uh, uh, reporting on on how uh, somebody went into a house with a samurai sword and uh, Mm. attacked a 16-year-old. I mean, another horrific event. It should have been the top story of the day. Uh, Mark Deary, it's all too commonplace.
1: It is. um, Just to go back to the the, the cameras, I think people will accept them uh, if if they see results. The the, the trade-off in terms of, you know, privacy and so on, yeah. is one that people are prepared to buy into if it will give them a safer community. Um, <clears throat> but of course, the cameras are just monitoring the yeah. problem. The problem itself needs to be addressed. Uh, what is the problem? Um, it's the age-old problem, and one that this country, country has historically not addressed, uh, and that is uh, social exclusion, in my yeah. view. Um, I am on the record many times within Council of asking for social inclusion to be a formal department of a social inclusion officer to speak the language of social inclusion, the answer i always get is that um it's 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 cross-cutting it's in everything mm. but when everybody is responsible nobody actually is nobody's using the language of inclusion and nobody's doing analysis as as to why people feel that they don't have a stake in our community mm. why they can run riot it's a disadvantage uh, is it it is disadvantage yeah. lots of words for yeah. it yeah. but uh th- um the 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 point the position we need to get to is where everybody matters i said mm. i used that phrase to a woman the other day that, uh, in, in cox's domain and she said No politician has ever said that to me. Mm. Everybody matters. Nobody has ever said that to me. And she, I went away, you know, happy that we'd had Mm. a a good exchange. But that we we need to find um, not just inclusive language, but inclusive actions, Mm. and that does take investment. It it takes a lot of money to make this work. But are we going to stand by and watch communities continue to become drift away from the rest Mm. of society, um, become more difficult? and to become to accepting beliefs, of things and, and and to accept that the drug mm. culture is their lot and their yeah. fate in life mm. the people who draw it certainly the other day were saying no mm. way are we taking yeah. that mm. but making that real now in the future is going mm. to be a very significant challenge and I spoke to you on Saturday mm-hmm. about some of the ways in which mm. the state has uh, retreated from areas mm. of public service that it needs to get back involved mm. in. And,
3: and many of those points were reiterated in the leaders' debate last night. I, I think... Uh, oh, the, the
1: debate... I, I Sorry, the, 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 the rally on Saturday had a, has, has moved the dial politically. It really,
3: it really yeah. has, and that yeah. was very evident yeah. in, in how all the leaders spoke with such certainty and authority about the feelings uh, that people locally have. Uh, but, I, I mean... Uh, if you take a, an issue like knife crime, or we often talk about knife amnesties, Peter Fitzpatrick, what about having a samurai sword? I mean, why would anybody have such a thing?
0: Michael, I can't understand why, why someone have one of them. Michael, uh, the people in Jordan need help. The CCTV cameras would really, really help. Uh, I, spoke, I spoke to you last, last Saturday on mm-hmm. the radio station. Is, uh, the, the, pe- the people in Jordan are being held to ransom at the moment. There's tugs there at the moment, is and they're causing serious problems. Uh, the Taoiseach spoke on your programme there last week there, and he said that there was legislation in place. I don't believe legislation in place. The Guard has said they've enough resources. I don't believe the Guard have enough resources. Michael, I was canvassing last night in Georgia with councillor, uh, Kevin Callan. And we knocked this door last night, and this lady answered the door, and she had two young children beside her. She was in Dublin during the week there, getting her engagement ring repaired. And the person who was fixing the ring asked her where she came from. She thought twice we mentioned she's from Georgia. Our two children, one was 13 the other was 15. Our fiddle of their lives going in the streets. They said to me, please, can you help the people in Jordan's? We have to help the people in Jordan's. And I, as, as, as I said, the Chief Superintendent, uh, Christy Mangan, was, was, I was talking to him there on Saturdays, mm-hmm. he maintains that, you know, if everybody works together, but the people in Jordan, we need to put these people. As. Now, I'm a firm believer is the best way to hurt these people is, 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 is get legislation changed, mm. arrest them, take the asses off them because they meant the money that they have it's, it, it seems like they're driving them big fancy cars mm. like we have to know who these people are mm. and, and they'll still walk on the streets arresting is
3: no good we need convictions should they be selling the drugs Rory America? because drugs are always going to be sold because people want them uh, should they be sold somewhere else maybe in a pub or something like that uh, some sort of a, a coffee shop like you see in Amsterdam or in a, a pharmacy or something like that
14: here at this point we're talking about incredibly serious drugs we're obviously talking about tablets we're mm. talking about cocaine yep. we're talking about all sorts that ha- that can and heroin that mm. have their own difficulties Um, it has been mentioned here about the Criminal Assets Bureau, we need that to be upped. Look, you can go into Mm. any... any Is that no? No, you can go to any major estate Mm. in Dundalk or in Drogheda, and what you're going to see is you can see the trappings of wealth. It's all Mm. very obvious. obvious. I've met with the Criminal Assets Bureau in relation to making moves Mm. on these people. Now, we've had a number of raids, arrests, Mm. particularly in Dundalk in the last while, and Mm. some serious charges brought against people. Now, the difficulty mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, none of it's mm -hmm, happened Because they're illegal,
3: but the, the like, the Greens would decriminalise the drugs. And we
14: have to look at, obviously, what has been done in Portugal and all the rest. Yeah. But the difficulty is, as is stated, this state is very small, right? Mm. Even as a full island, we're small. See, if you're looking at something novel to be operated, it's very, likely. Mm. I know experts would say you would need to operate it almost on an EU basis. Now, we have added difficulties but here. But you'd continue to
3: criminalise young people, would you?
14: Well let's let's be clear. Mm. Um, we obviously want that we go after the major criminals who are moving major gear. There is a Huge difference between somebody with a small amount of personal use drugs. Mm. If you and think
3: we're bad, where do you see what's coming behind us? That was that was the prophecy yeah. in 1985 from Larry Don, uh, and my God, he was right. Uh, and that prophecy will continue for as long as there is a demand, and if young people but want the drugs d- the uh,
14: and they're illegal, you will you'll continue yeah. to decriminalise. But but the difficulty is, we have let gangs run for years. See, whatever yeah. we need to do, okay. we need to put these out of okay. operation. So you, you and, and I have seen I've seen some successful operations by mm. the Gardaí in the last while the problem is well, this is all 5, six, ten years okay, too late a,
3: a criminal approach it, it there's is, a criminal
14: approach there, well there also has to be a health approach in relation to we need to ensure okay, there are so addiction it. services which are completely underfunded at well, the minute uh, and see unless we're
3: al- Almost everybody yep. is agreeing with that yes. one. Declan uh, Browning, yeah. should, should it be a, a criminal approach that's taken to young people who are using?
15: Uh, I think, uh, yes, I have a very, very strong view on that. I just want to say and compliment people around this table who have been very proactive in relation to the whole issue of drugs prevention and you know, they know themselves mm. how active they've been. What I want to say here, you mentioned Samurai Swords, mm. illegality and criminality is pervasive, not just in Drogheda, and by the way, Loud is a great place. I keep saying this for people to come and invest and live. Mm. Unfortunately, there are a small number of criminals who are giving us a bad name. What I firmly believe is that mandatory sentencing, mm. particularly in relation to drugs, but equally in relation to the use of what I call lethal weapons. I've spoken about this in mm. the doll, not on one occasion, but on numerous occasions. Uh, and that, you know, A lot of people listening out there are saying the law needs to be changed and it does need to be changed. And what I want to see after this election is the spirit of collegiality among whoever gets elected Mm. here in this county. It's something I've always spoken about. You know that yourself, Mm. Mike, and your listeners know it. But working together rather than running off on tangents Mm. and people wasting their own time and energy when we can do what needs to be done, whether it's in relation to criminality, locally or nationally, mm. or indeed on any of the issues that relate just, to developing this county to us for I, I,
3: I just wonder what, what it means, though. Peter Fitzpatrick, I mean, if we continue to say, let's charge somebody if they're caught in possession of whatever amount of, of, of drugs, uh, it's quite possible that it'll be your son or daughter who's next. Well, Michael, it's as simple as this
0: here, Michael, if, if you don't put a stop somewhere, like, you, you take for example, is if if, if they're caught with, 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 say, minimum amount yeah. of drugs there, like the, the next thing, if they get away with that, they'll take another chance and another chance and another chances. The biggest problem we have in the moment, Michael, But we're is being told
3: all of the young people are trying it or practically all of the young people are trying it.
0: Well, Michael, I think the most important thing, Michael, is we have to educate our, our children and in fairness, Michael, when I became a TD first, Michael, mm. I got educated. I'm up to the guard barracks in Indoor. How many and years ago was that? Nine years ago Michael. Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm not, Michael, a lot of the people that we're talking about now weren't even teens.
0: What I'm saying Michael was nine years ago Michael I'm up to mm. to, to, uh, to Eugene Collins yeah. who's the sergeant in the, the drugs department now and he opened up a suitcase and Michael I, I put my hands up as, mm. I'd never seen cocaine before. Mm. Mm. I'd never seen ecstasy happen mm. before and it, it opened my eyes right? mm. and he gave me an education there Michael is. Mm. The biggest problem you have at the moment is we don't see to want to help these people is because, like, there's not a day passes my consistency offices that someone comes in with a drug problem mm. and they want help. But that's the point,
3: isn't Wait, it? And, all, did, Mark, Theory, all, yeah, all, 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 the, all, all the kids would be able to identify what's in that suitcase yeah, that Peter talking about.
1: There's, there's a deal of, I suppose, double speaking on here. The state already runs needle exchange, um, sponsors through the pharmacies. It's very imperfect, and I, I must. Me-
3: f- methadone program.
1: It's another one. But no, Just let's just take yeah. needle exchange. Yeah. What are those needles for? They're for injecting an illegal substance. Yeah. So the state is recognising. That um, the activity is going on and, and facilitating it. So there isn't there is a logical next step in my mind, and what that does, what that does, if you bear with me, is that it allows people in addiction to have regular contact with st- social uh, and health services, and not with people who are going to beat the bejesus out of them if they don't pay up. I mean that is a that is a massive improvement straight away in terms of health outcomes, in terms of criminality, right. and in terms of family support. Because immediately those 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 families are those individuals families can be identified and can be reached out to mm-hmm. and offered the support of a family service that is properly funded, which it isn't as an aside, and it needs to be. But the the, the core point I'm making here is that we are we are in a way. Um, um, dealing with the with the heroin issue mm. uh, by accepting that it 's gone on and facilitating it, and why don 't we just think more imaginatively and be a little bit more morally courageous and take on the issue and 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 put in place measures that allow people uh, the, the dignity of you know while in addiction uh, also getting treatment and eventually hopefully moving okay,
3: on Okay, you mark? Mm. Yeah.
14: no well here mark speaks about heroin there mm. I, I think that's that 's a fair enough point. I think you can repeat what Christine Mangan has said that the amount of let 's say burglars or people Mm. who have committed crimes and fair enough, they need to be dealt with Mm. but you find people in addiction and what he says is we're chasing our tail. He Mm. says when he started his work in uh, drugs policing back in 96 demand reduction was a huge thing and he says it's fallen away. So see until we offer those people a journey, which Mm. is obviously harm reduction, which is then followed by um, rehabilitation mm. and takes them out of the crime cycle. But if we're talking about people taking cocaine, mm. like these are the people who are putting serious money into these drugs, gangs, mm. pockets. So that's not okay. We do have to ensure yeah. that there is a cost to you thinking you're going to go out on well, a Saturday night um, and, and yeah, okay, take a line or two. Well, you're talking yeah. about some people who, who yeah. might
3: spend €40 Euro a week or €40 Euro a month or €40 Euro a year yeah. but you're also talking about people who might spend 500 or or yep. 1000 a week and when you're uh, have a habit that, that's, uh, that, that is that expensive, uh, it's very hard to get the money in, and and that is the crime yeah. cycle they're just you You're also getting... Could I just yeah, say, yeah,
15: yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. this is a multi-class uh, problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to distinguish between those who are in, in addiction mm-hmm. and the need to really support those. But I will never support the issue of legalising mm-hmm. it for the simple reason, and I think Peter touched on it earlier, if we can get our young people I was a school teacher mm. for 35 years mm-hmm. that taught us about wearing our seatbelts young children at an early age taught around the issues of mm. the dangers that are associated with this I think has to go hand in hand because we need to help people who are in addiction get out of it we need the resources, the money we all know the difficulties mm. that have been experienced here in the North East in relation to getting those funding but in relation to uh, it, it, you know, dealing with yeah the issue of whether drugs should be allowed uh, to anybody uh, and freely available uh, will only, in my view, exacerbate what is already a difficult situation. Yeah, I, was talking to no, some, no. I
3: was talking to some young people over the weekend uh, as well about what they were seeing on their phones because there's been some horrific images and videos going around their phones and we know that the phones are dangerous anyway because of pornography and all that and then there's the drugs problem and the challenges. Uh, it's not a good time to be a young person. Would you be concerned a- about... The future of the society that we're building, yeah. Peter Fitzpatrick.
0: Michael, there's a serious fear in children at the moment. As I said to you, that lady I called to enjoy mm. her last night with the Council Kevin Cannes, she is fear. She's very, very concerned. And like, like no matter what, like, I, I, I'm, I'm a father. I'm also a grandfather. And I'm just saying to myself, is I, I am very, very worried about society going forward. But Michael, we failed and we failed and we failed. Until we realise that drugs is a serious uh, you know, problem in the whole country is, and I've said it, we have to educate our children. Is, we, have to, you know, we have to let them know this is wrong, mm. this is bad. And and we talk about education, the parents are going to have to take responsibility as well. Mm. I I say I'm a permanent grandparent. Is, we have to say, listen, this is wrong and it's wrong. But, listen, we, but uh, we've
3: handed education over to the internet, have we not? <laughs> Um, I, I
0: don't. I Michael. I, 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 I will be honest, Michael. Yeah. That lady I met mm. last night is she's mm. educating our kids, and she and she she, she sat um, down.
3: And she might be trying, uh, but the kids it. might think what happens on the internet is uh, normal. It's commonplace to do whatever people are are doing on the internet, whether that's taking drugs, the, or the, the sexual practices, the, 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 or um, whatever else is going on. Mark, the internet mm-hmm. is an extraordinary
1: mm-hmm. technology and mm-hmm. can be a force for good, mm-hmm. but structurally, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's 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 privately operated. It's a new form of mining, data mining, identity mining, um, which is then sold on to sell rubbish to us that we don't really need, um, that really saps our souls. I have a very, very poor view of the the shape of the internet and the ownership of it and the kind of uh, surveillance capitalism that uh, drives it. It really, really scares me. And I I, I say that not as a grandparent, Mm -hmm. but as a parent of four young children, and I that's we're, their we're, world. We're really tight. We're well, you know. It's mm. yeah. Parents, I would encourage them: take your courage. Don't be afraid to say no. Because what you're what what you're, is, what you're giving them is a brilliant piece of te- technology, but what's backing it up is so right. incredibly poorly Listen, designed.
3: We're, we're out of time. Thanks everybody for coming in. I'm just going to ask everybody to wrap up, uh, going from my left around uh, the table briefly, please. Uh, Declan of Fáil.
15: Yeah, just could I say, obviously, make mention of my running mate, uh, Councillor James Bourne here in Drogheda, an excellent newly elected uh, candidate, yeah. and indeed that we have in Finnafall have an excellent team of. Mix of young and old councillors: three in the Cooley Peninsula, or indeed in the Dundalk Carlingford area; uh, two in Dundalk uh, South, and indeed, uh, Councillor uh, John Sheridan in Midland, who's my Director of Elections or Director of Elections for us all. I appeal to people to come out, give Finafol the support, give us the opportunity to rewrite the wrongs of the past, and uh, I look forward to people giving me due consideration on election day. And I'm sure we'll be back in uh, to discuss the issues privately in the next number of days. OK, Sinn
3: so Féin, Councillor Rory or Coop.
14: What we're getting on doors, myself and Imelda Munster, is that people are looking for change. We see us as being that change. If you're talking about building houses, if you're talking about dealing with the healthcare crisis, if you're talking about giving families a break, if you're talking about putting money back in people's pockets, um, that's what we're offering. We're offering a more just and equitable society, and as Republicans, we're offering movement in relation to Irish unity and bringing about just a better society for all of us.
1: Okay,
3: Green Party candidate Mark Deary.
1: If we don't listen to the science and deal with the climate emergency, the climate breakdown in the next 10 years, we'll not do it at all because it will have got away from us. It's critical that Ireland, in the context of the European Union, leads the world in reducing carbon emissions, in changing our economy so that we live within the limits of nature, give our young people the opportunities that I think will come with um, a, re, re, a redesigned carbon-free society and a far more healthy society where we provide far more for ourselves. It brings us closer together and gives us an end to the horrendous commutes that we have to do okay. uh, that that are so polluting. Um, and the other point I'd like to make is around the housing provision issue. Uh, I think if we do embark on a public housing scheme, and it's something I called for as a councillor for years, we will get away okay. from the awful HAP scheme that we have, free up, private rental and generally loosen out the market and bring rents down okay
3: and we'll conclude with independent TD Peter Fitzpatrick
0: Michael I'm open I'm honest I'm transparent I've been a TD for the last nine years representing the people of uh, Loudon East Mead uh, I, I, I have a name for getting things done I'm the only true independent running uh, my office is open to everybody Uh I think it's very, very important that we we, we do a team approach. What I mean a team approach Mm -hmm. is I think it's very important that the county of Loud, from Omid to Holwood to Julianstown, that we all work together is. The next government's going to be formed. Independents are going to have a big say. I think Loud need an independent TD, a strong and honourable independent TD, and uh, I I would like to be part of that there. I, I hope that the people in Loud uh, give me the number one vote. for the simple okay. reason is I need it. Thank All right.
3: You. Thank you very much indeed to each of uh, the candidates uh, for being with us here on uh, the programme this morning. Independent TD Peter Fitzpatrick, Declan Brannock, Fianna Fail TD Rory O'Murrough, Sinn Féin Councillor, and uh, former Councillor Mark Dery of the Green Party.
0: Michael, Michael Reid on, on LMFM
3: time now, as is usual, around this time on a Tuesday for our weekly visit to the Garda Crime Desk. As usual, there's a number of incidents Garda are investigating locally. We're joined by Garda Caroline Quinn of Castle Bellingham Garda Station for the report this week. And we begin in Monaster Boyce with a theft from a car.
12: Yeah, good morning. Um, There was a car broken into yesterday. It was between half one and twenty to two during the day yesterday at the round tower in Monaster Boyce. The back passenger window was smashed. And a backpack containing a passport, cash, and a white iPad was stolen. Um, anyone can help who can help us out with that one. Please contact the guard at Drogheda.
3: Okay, to Old Castle, uh, a burglary to report on.
12: Yeah, this one was yesterday morning. Um, a lady living in o- in the Old Castle area, she reported that a man called to her door. Now he stated he was a member of the police and that he was offering security advice. And um, the lady she welcomed the man into her home, and he left after a few minutes, leaving in a silver car. Now, the lady no- noticed shortly afterwards that her handbag and purse were missing from the kitchen table of the house. The man was described as being six foot in height, a uh, broad build, and between forty and fifty years of age. And um, just anyone who can help us out with that, Guardian Oldcastle, are investigating. I just advise people, we do always carry identification badges with us um, and never hesitate to ask us for ID, even in uniform.
3: OK, the last of the crimes to report on this week is a catalytic converter that was stolen in Ashburn.
12: Yeah, this was at three o'clock this morning. A catalytic, catalytic converter was stolen from a Toyota hatchback car in Churchfield Way in Ashburn. Uh, the car was parked in the owner's driveway. He woke up, woke up at about three this morning when he heard a noise and looked out the window. and uh, He saw three men outside. One was underneath his car. Now they quickly fled from the area. Um, he then checked the car and realised that the catalytic converter had been stolen from his car. So Gardaí Ashburn are investigating and anyone who can assist to please contact them.
3: OK, before you leave us, do you want to mention a, a community day that the Gardaí are holding on Friday?
12: Yeah, I am. Um, so on Friday the 31st, it's National Community Engagement Day. And on Garda, Siakana are inviting local community to a meet and greet opportunity to over 300 venues across Ireland. Um, so the local Garda, Irish Farmers Association branch representatives and representatives from community groups involved in the National Rural Safety Forum will engage with the local community they're all are welcome there's full details of the locations and venues and times on the Garda website so if you go on to www.garda.ie and um, it comes up straight away national community engagement day and if you click on that and um, there's a whole list of counties so for Mead, there's over 20 venues listed different venues and times so if you click on that you get the one nearest to you um. So it's an opportunity to meet uh, local community Garda, receive advice on crime prevention initiatives in your area and discuss any safety concerns that you may have.
3: Thanks very much. Garda Caroline Quinn of Castle Bellingham Garda Station will return to the Garda Crime Desk in around the same time on next Tuesday's programme. Now, before we leave you today, let's return to some more of your thoughts and uh, the calls and text messages that you've been getting uh, since uh, the last time you were in. I think there were a few calls, Marie.
6: We absolutely have had a good few calls, Michael, John from Talk and Touch, listening to the election debate involving the loud candidates. Not too happy, Michael, he says, thought we would have got more of the real issues that are live on the ground, especially mm. the criminality and drugs. He's amazed that the lead question was around the structures of Sinn Féin. He admits to being a Sinn Féin supporter and thinks that Rory and who does great work on the ground. But when does this type of questioning stop, Michael? Do we ask the same question of other parties about their links to the IRA? We've had the peace process. We've moved on it's a deflection issue let's talk about the real issues and not this okay on the same topic well separate <laughs> but in relation to the debate yeah. um, mm. a listener says no name uh, listening in and I think uh, Fianna Fáil have a hard neck on them treating Sinn Féin the way they do do they forget nine years ago the state that Fianna Fáil left the country in I can't understand how people could contemplate voting for Fianna Fáil when they know about their history of um, bad, bad, bad governance and and things that the way Sinn Féin has been treated is undemocratic. So all there right. You go. Well, it's
3: a, an issue that's uh, come up uh, and was reported on uh, and uh, the uh, candidates have uh, all been asked about it at this stage. And I think it's a, a question that has been asked right around the country this morning. John,
6: in touch about crime, things that the whole justice system needs to be looked at and an area of concern. Um, he feels is free legal aid which he thinks is costing the country too much money he feels that if criminals had to pay for a solicitor every time they went out and carried out a crime well maybe they might stop and think about it that there should be some type of limit maybe once is enough that you get free legal aid and then after that you have to pay for it yourself.
3: Okay, well, another suggestion there. There's been so many suggestions in terms of what can or should be done in terms of tackling uh, this uh, terrible problem as it is now. And
6: just sticking mm. with crime mm. and the rally in Drogheda, Gráinne says, is there not a lesson to be learned from the rally? Mm. The fact, Michael, that it was cross-party event. Mm or or they may say non-political but it was cross-party that people worked together and looked at what was achieved that maybe Mm. the parties should look at trying to work together for the benefit of Drogheda as a whole. Too many times you see the bickering going on, and maybe if they worked together more, we could achieve a lot more.
3: Yeah, well, certainly it seems as though quite a lot was achieved through the rally in terms of bringing attention to the problem and an understanding of the problem. And I thought it was fascinating to hear the leaders in the debate, debating national issues in a general election, referencing Drogheda and the problems and the possible solutions over and over last night.
6: Theresa listening and is amazed that the government uh, are trying to raise the pension, uh, the age, mm. says, and all um, they could find for us then in the budget uh, was €5. Euro, uh, you know, up mm. until now. Yeah, but they says, didn't find five years last this time. time they. No, <laughs> no, no, they yeah, didn't yeah, this time. Right, but mm, prior to that, yeah, mm. um, and says that be- because the elections are coming up, mm. they are being told how old people are feeling. And she says that it's unreal when you look At the amount of work that old people have done, you know, in their lifetime, trying to keep their families going and rearing their families and keeping a roof over their heads and worries, she says, about what could be down the line in the future.
3: Yeah, well, I suppose when you work for 40 years and you get your pay slip at uh, the end of uh, the week, every week, and you look at what's been taken out of uh, your pay and you think, well, at least I'm providing for my... Uh, older years, uh, through my PRSI contributions, uh, I think uh, some people are, are dismayed to think uh, that uh, they're being denied what they thought that they would be entitled to.
6: Seamus from Dundalk was in touch and says Michael I know the election is on but we have had very little discussion about Brexit and what's going to happen Mm. in the next week. That it's still a huge issue for people and thought it would be something that would be talked about.
3: Yeah well I'm not sure uh, what discussion there is. Uh, It'll go into a period of negotiation. People had hoped that it would take two years uh, to negotiate uh, the next phase of it uh, but Boris Johnson is insisting it'll be done by the end of the year. I'm sure we'll get back to Brexit and some other issues after the general election but that's where we leave it for today because our time has run out on us once again. Thanks Marie, thanks to everybody who has been in touch and uh, that has to be our final word because as I say, time is up. God willing we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning, bye bye
2: the michael reed Show podcast tune in weekdays from 9 on lmfm to contact us email now michael at lmfm.ie
9: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the
15: warm breeze relax
9: and think about
15: work